to the Queen's Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton. And as a child of the 80s, I'd love to say Queen's rule, but they don't. Queen's lead. Being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people. The guests on our show do exactly that. They are leading the way in their businesses, families, and communities. They're taking their rightful place in the spotlight, leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us. Welcome to the Queen's Lead Podcast. So today I am so excited to welcome my friend Candace Cunningham. She is a U.S. Navy veteran. She is a mom. She is a wife, fairly newly wed. Uh, she's also a very knowledgeable insurance agent. She is an advocate uh, for child, uh, for children, and for preventing and healing the sexual abuse that children endure. And she is also the board president of a nonprofit. So. Candace Cunningham, welcome and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. All right, Candace. Well, let's dive right in. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your business and, and what you're doing. Well, you touched on a lot of it. I'm a U.S. Navy veteran. And so when my career kind of halted um, due to drawback in size of the force and things of that nature. I got out of the Navy and I came back to Oklahoma because this is where my daughter was born and this is where it most felt like home. I'm originally from Chicago. Oklahoma was my first duty station in the Navy, so that was rather interesting. And so when I came back, I had actually wanted to go forward with becoming a family law attorney. And so I started finishing my school for that and getting to know the system and things of that nature. And then when I graduated with my associate's degree, I needed kind of a part-time job, but I wanted something a little more office oriented, legal oriented, things of that nature. So I actually started working for an agent in 2014. And then um, I finished a certificate of mastery for office legal office procedures and business office procedures and then started my bachelor's degree and I have a habit of self-auditing and I was like man I'm just kind of miserable with what's going on right now why is that and I kind of narrowed it down to schooling <clears throat> I was really happy in my current position and achieving my bachelor's degree wasn't going to do anything to further me in that position or you know, earn any more money or anything like that, it would have just been a check in the box. So I decided to withdraw from my bachelor's program and then focused a little bit more on being an agency representative for the agent that I was working for. And then as far as becoming a business owner, they're all kind of, it honestly happened by accident. I didn't really intend for it to happen. It wasn't necessarily something I was looking for. Um, the opportunity had passed by a couple of times and I passed it up because I'm, I'm a firm, firm believer that God's timing is perfect timing, right? So when the time is right, you'll know it mm. and you'll have all of these things that show you the way. And so in May of 2020, right in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> the opportunity uh, showed up on my doorstep again. And this time I felt it. <clears throat> I felt that the answer should be yes. And so I walked down that path. So June 15th of 2020, I became an agency owner for shelter insurance. And 
then that path is just, you know, it's been reinforced really that I chose the right path and that was the path that I was supposed to take. Um, there's a lot of things that have happened in the last couple of years that this opportunity has opened more doors and has allowed me the flexibility and the ability to focus on a couple of other things that are really important to me. And sometimes when you're working with someone for someone, you don't have a lot of the freedom that you maybe need or desire at certain times. <clears throat> so I became an agency owner, opened my doors on June 15th of 2020. I became engaged in December of 2020. So I spent a lot of 2021 planning for a wedding, had a lot of um, family stuff that required a lot of attention and focus in 2021. So I was able to do that all the while growing my agency and all the while hitting the wickets that I need to hit in order to gain my full contract. And then um, October 11th of 2021, I married my best friend and partner in life and got to enjoy that time and have, again, the flexibility to do things that I needed to do. And then also, um, then 2022 started and I became the board president for a nonprofit in Norman, Bethesda, and their mission is to heal the trauma of childhood sexual abuse through therapy, education, and prevention. So it's very near and dear to my heart. And then kind of the rug got pulled out and we're in the middle of an executive director search. And, you know, there's a lot of time that I've had to commit to Bethesda in order to make sure that, you know, we keep on with our mission and that it's not interrupted. So I've had a lot of time and flexibility to be able to do both. And that's kind of where I am today. Awesome. I love what you mentioned about the self auditing. So knowing before you finish and, and basically wasted all that time on getting a degree that may not allow you the, the passion for what you do or the love for what you do or the flexibility to deal with the things that you said your family is requiring of you, the things that you're passionate about, like the nonprofit work. Um, and I believe your post on Facebook uh, either today or yesterday was about that God's timing. It's you can't force it when it's not right, but you can't stop it when it's right. It sounds like it was the Absolutely. right time. Yeah, it was the right time in a number of different avenues. Um, and, you know, not only just for me, but for my family. And also, I think for, you know, my clients, I stepped into a book of business. And so there had been some, un, there had been a lot of agent turnover. And so they were kind of frustrated and upset with that. And I was able to come in and using my previous knowledge and experience, I was able to put them at ease and you know, I have a number of clients still to this day. They're like, I really hope you aren't going anywhere. So they're not really convinced yet that I'm not leaving. But, you know, I'm, all I have to do is show up every day and, you know, make sure that they know that I'm here to take care of them. And that's my primary goal is to make sure that they know what they're buying and make sure that they know how, at what level they're protected. So mm -hmm. What would you say is the, um, what was the pull into the insurance industry? Um, at first, it was just happenstance. At first, it was an accident. I mean, it, I was looking for a job and I interviewed and I got the job. Um, but then as, you know, because before, I guess it's almost eight years now. So previously, I was your typical insurance buyer, right? I mean, I was just your typical consumer. I need what I need to be legal. 
my loan says I have to have this. So whatever that means, give it to me. Um, yeah. And I want it to be as cheap as possible, obviously, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So when I got into the business and started learning exactly what all the coverages are and what it all means and all of that, it satisfies my legal mind because it is contract law. I mean, mm-hmm. every policy that we write, every conversation that we have, it's it's a contract. So it satisfies mm-hmm. my legal mind. And then it really, I love helping people and I love educating people. So at the end of the day, you know, I don't look at each person as a, as a number. I don't look at, oh, you're going to help my policy count. I really just take and approach each potential client with, let me educate you. Let me tell you what I know. Let me tell you some of my experiences. And then the decision is finally up to you how much risk you want to transfer to the insurance company. Sometimes that's based on how much you can afford. And I understand that. And I can help walk a client through, you know, we're going to start here, but then, you know, as we review your policies annually, if we have an opportunity to increase your level of coverage, then that's what we're going to do. But I don't, you'll never hear me say, you'll hear me say I'm an insurance agent, but I'd never, ever, the words don't ever come out of my mouth that I sell insurance. It's not what Mm -hmm. I do. I don't, I don't look at it as a sales job. I look at it as educating the client, giving them the tools that they need to have in order to make good decisions to protect their families and just make sure that they know that they're in control of that. You have the choice. I'm not going to force you to do anything you don't want to do or anything you can't afford, but you have to understand that whatever you decide on, that's the decision you have to live with in the event of an accident in the event that you decline life insurance today, you know, all of that, Mm -hmm. it's all a decision and it's all yours. Yeah. I'm just here to facilitate it for you. And a lot of people take my information and, and, you know, they may not go with me directly because at the time, maybe I'm a little too expensive or, you know, whatever the reason may be. But at the end of the day, I can lay my head on my pillow at night, knowing that I've done the best I can to educate you so that you can go out and make the best decision that's for you and your family. That's all I care about. Absolutely. And I mean, it's obvious that you've positioned yourself as a guide to your clients to help them to make those decisions, whether or not they do business with you. And it's it's obviously reflected in, I think, what is it, almost 75 star reviews on your listing. (laughs) What do you think has been the biggest contributor to that? I care. You know, most of the feedback that I receive, I mean, it was just last week, I, you know, had a couple show up into my office and they were irritated because when they first signed up with a company, the customer service was at one level and then maybe that agent retired or moved on to do something else. And now they're not receiving the same level of customer service. So in a world where everything is instant and automatic and you can go online and you can write your own insurance policy, essentially, you know, being different in delivering in the delivery of my customer customer service is what makes me stand apart. I think all of my reviews, for the most part, reference customer service and my knowledge and the ability to meet people where they're needed. This is not a cookie cutter business, <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah. insurance is a requirement in a lot of different areas, but not everybody is the same. It's not cookie cutter, and if you treat everybody the same cookie cutter-ish, you're going to lose a lot. So I pride myself in being able to adjust my customer service delivery to what the client needs. There's some clients that needs their hands held. 
There's some clients that they want to sign up and they don't ever want to talk to you again. <laughs> There's some clients that you have to call them every month and remind them that their policy is due. Um, there's some clients that only want to converse with you through email, you know, so you just kind of alter your customer service delivery. And then in the end, they're satisfied. Mm -hmm. And then the biggest thing, obviously, is when they actually need to use their policy, right? What is that experience like? Because we can make yeah. or break our clients given a response to a claim. So just making sure that they know that I'm there, um, that I know that if they need me to come to them, and walk them through it, you know, we'll do that. And um, just having clear expectations of, again, what kind of customer service they require. Yes, meeting people where they are. You've, you've done that for my family. You've done that for the younger members of my family who are <laughs> at a much different place in life than my husband are. But we are at the point where we know just as well as you do, I can go online and buy an insurance policy. I can go buy life insurance online. I can buy almost anything online, but when you reach a certain level in life, you understand that, okay, there's a lady that does this every single day. She knows it inside and outside, and she can actually be my guide and put me into the, into the products that are going to help me and benefit me the most. Um, so I, I think I obviously appreciate that about your service. And I know all of the, all of your other customers, the ones especially have taken out the time to leave those five-star reviews, share that, um, share that. What, tell me this, what is, what is something in your industry that you, that you wish people would start or stop doing? Oh, that's a hard one because there's a number of things, right? Um, I think overall, you know, again, we talked about where we live in a time where people want things immediately. People want to do things the easy way. But I think people need to remember that insurance agent, we are licensed. We have continuing education requirements. You know, if, if it's a good agent, a solid agent, they want to know what they need to know. We pay attention to what's changing. We pay attention, you know, if you go to one of the 1-800 online insurance companies and you sign up for a policy for them, they're not going to reach back out to you. They're not going to be looking at the trends and say, oh, hey, you know, we're paying a lot more in rental car reimbursement these days. And rental cars are super ex more expensive now post-COVID than they were before. So those companies that are online or a 1-800 phone number, they're not going to reach out to you and say, hey, Sally, I noticed you have rental reimbursement at $30 a day. However, because of, you know, things that are changing, that's not going to be enough in the event that you need that coverage. So let's go ahead and increase that for you. You know, so just trust people who are licensed. You know, um, I, yeah, we all want things done quickly and efficiently and things of that nature. But, you know, you don't go to the dentist and ask them what's wrong with your car. They're a dentist. <laughs> They're not an auto mechanic, you know, so you know, you shouldn't be talking to a bot online about your insurance needs because they don't, they're not asking you the right questions. They don't, they're treating you like a cookie cutter and insurance is not cookie cutter. So I just wish that people would, we have a negative connotation about insurance. Everybody hates it. I have to pay for insurance. It's required, you know, all of this, but when you need it, 
when when it when it comes time to you experience tornado loss or fire or really bad car accident, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that your policy is suitable to make you whole again. That's our goal: make you whole again. Absolutely. And unfortunately, I don't I don't really believe that the bots that are set up to help you with that have a, have that thought in their mind. Yeah, they're not exactly industry changing leaders like you. So tell, I've heard a few of these stories outside of a recorded uh, conversation, but tell me a story about a client who was, uh, who experienced a major loss and that you helped to make whole again and what that, what that process looks like with you. Well, I mean, just right now we're still going through, you know, I have a client who has an investment property and there was a fire at that property. Um, so they're having to, you know, go through all of that, trying to figure out, you know, trying to stop any further damage because the fire department showed up, they completely soaked their house in water and what Mm -hmm. the steps are. And um, I was able to show up that day, the client's renter that was in there, you know, was obviously upset. Um, So able to kind of put the him at ease and kind of explain what the next process is. My client was also out of state, so she wasn't even here in the state of Oklahoma when this went down, so she thought she was going to have to beat feet, drop what she was doing, and get to Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. so I just calmed her down and let her know you don't need to. I've already shown up. I've already taken pictures. We've got the claim filed. You know, here's your next steps. You're saying you showed up to your client's property damage location? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Someone from 1-800-INSURANCE is not hopping on a plane to go to their client's damaged property. I can guarantee you that. It was here in Oklahoma. I didn't get on any planes, but it was here in Oklahoma. Um, You know, so, but yeah, I mean, I left my office and I went there to, you know, help make sure that the property was, was secure. And because, you know, just kind of help guide that process, filed the claim. I took the pictures, submitted the pictures. And then from there, a claims adjuster takes over for the most part. Um, Our licenses are different. So that's, that's some confusion. Well, you're my agent. You should be taking care of this. Well, my license is different than an adjuster's license. I'm not licensed to tell you this, that, or the other about your claim and what the what the payout or anything like that's going to be. Um, so again, respecting that level of license licensure, um, understanding that people hold different licenses, and I'm here to help you if you need to communicate or communication isn't being you know, very clear, you need some clarification, then I can assist with that. But the initial response, I think, is really important. And yeah, I showed up and calmed, calmed her renter down and, you know, just said, well, here's, where's the process going to go? So we'll get started on that. Um, I mean, I have my own experience as to why insurance is so important. I mean, I had a, uh, in August of 2020, I bought a brand new car. And in April 2021, I was rear-ended by a gentleman going 45 miles per hour and I was stopped. And he pushed me into two other vehicles in front of me. Um, Luckily, I was okay. Luckily, there was no serious injuries, but my car was a total loss. Brand new car, (laughs) total loss. And he carries state minimum coverages. So $25,000 in personal property in property damage is all his policy was ever going to pay out. And there's three vehicles involved. Mine was brand new. Yeah. (laughs) It was at least twice that. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, my policy, because I have a policy and I have comp and collision coverage on it, you know, my company and my policy paid for my vehicle. And then they segregate against the other company to try to get, you know, the money back. But we're at a loss. I mean, shelter paid for my vehicle. And, you know, unless we go after that individual, you know, via the courts and, you know, things of that nature, the insurance company is going to take a loss on that. So that's another thing is understanding insurance and how it works. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I don't, I don't want to pay my deductible. I don't, I don't want my policy to pay for my vehicle. I didn't, I didn't do it. Well, that's understandable, but it's also why your policy is there. So when the other person doesn't have coverage or not enough coverage, you can still be made whole. Yes. Being made whole is, is, I love that you say that because that's the goal in life and with your insurance policy. So <laughs> yeah. um, it, your entrepreneurial journey of owning this business has allowed you to not only show up for your clients, the ones that are here locally, obviously, and be a support to them, make them whole again. But tell me a little bit about how your life has been made whole as this business owner who now has time for those other things that you're passionate about, like Bethesda. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you don't, when you don't, when you're, you're, your own, you're your own boss, right? And mm -hmm. so I have not hired anybody yet to answer my phones or work with me yet. You know, that's probably about a five-year plan for me. Um, so it's just me, but I've kind of arranged my business to where I can work from anywhere, literally. I mean, I literally wrote an insurance policy one day from the back of a boat. It was a weekend. They went and bought yeah. a new car. They needed the coverage. I was on a boat in the middle of a lake. <laughs> Luckily, I had service, you know, so I took care of them. So I just make myself available. Now, my clients know that Sundays are kind of off limits. If you need something on a Saturday and it's not of dire importance, I'm, I may have plans on Saturday, so I may <laughs> be a little delayed, but I always, I always touch back and say, Hey, got your message. Either I'll call you, I'll call you later today or maybe Monday, you know, just depending on what the situation is. Mm -hmm. um, so because of that flexibility, because of, you know, I've let my clients know, Hey, I'm a one woman show. If I can't answer the phone, I mean, just since you and I have been on this call, I've got four voicemails and three missed calls, <laughs> you know, so um, four voicemails and four missed calls, and then I've got emails blowing in. So, you know, but they know that Candace will get back to me maybe an hour, maybe two mm -hmm. hours, but it'll never be more than a day long. Mm -hmm. so it's, uh, it's when you don't have to answer to somebody you don't have a boss other than yourself um you know you can kind of split up your time a little bit so I've jokingly said for the past three months that you know um I'm a board president of a nonprofit by day and by night I'm an insurance agent because I do a <laughs> lot of my <laughs> for the nonprofit. there's not a you know you got kind of business hours and so you can't really do a lot of that in the evening. So I kind of have to apply my focus there. And then later in the afternoon, early evening, I can focus a little more on insurance stuff. Um, but the flexibility again of, of owning your own business and being your own boss and, you know, just running your agency in a way that suits you, suits your clients 
and providing the opportunity to, you know, pour into a nonprofit that, I mean, my whole heart is behind it. So there's, there's probably nothing I wouldn't do to make sure that our mission isn't affected by any, by any of the recent changes or, you know, COVID has affected our funding severely and, you know, things of that nature, but our mission is still going on there. We haven't missed a beat there. All the admin stuff is being taken care of by myself and the board and we'll uh, hopefully hire a new executive director here pretty soon and, and get us back to rocking at full strength. So for those who may somehow be unaware of Bethesda Inc. Uh, located here in Norman, Oklahoma. I know they serve the entire state. Tell us a little bit about Bethesda, how it got started and what your piece and involvement with that is. Yeah, we're celebrating our 40th anniversary of healing yeah. the trauma of childhood sexual abuse. And again, we do that in a couple of different avenues. Our therapy program, our therapists, our trauma-focused, trauma-informed trained therapists, we specialize in treating the trauma of childhood sexual abuse. We're the only one in the state that does that. And so we do see therapeutic clients from nearly all over the state. Um, whether it's with our education program or our therapy program, we're in 23 counties out of the 77 in Oklahoma. And then we're continuing to grow. The other prong of our, of our organization is the education and prevention. So we have a program called Stop, Go, and Tell, and that is a program that teaches students pre-K through sixth what um, boundary rules are, what to do if someone breaks a boundary rule, that the boundary rule being broken is not your fault, and it gives them the vocabulary and the courage and the knowledge, blankly, to speak out about it. So mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, when we're teaching these students, you know, personal space rules, boundary rules, that then they have the information. So they know that if someone is trying to show them something inappropriate or touch them inappropriately or, you know, anything like that, that they have the words to say, that's not right. And then go and tell their safe adult. Mm -hmm. This work is so important. I know that um, it, it is sometimes an unpopular kind of hot topic for some people to discuss. But uh, what are the statistics on number of people affected by childhood sexual abuse? It's for females, it's one in four, and for boys, it's one in six. Mm -hmm. And so that's maybe one in eight, but that those numbers are way too high. Um, way too high. Yeah. Just last year, we had 738 children and their non offending caregiver go through our therapeutic program. So that's the other thing, too, with the therapy, we don't just have therapy with the child to get them through that. We also provide therapy for the non-offending caregiver. So mm. it could be a mom, it could be a dad, it could be grandma, it could be grandpa, whoever. Um, because as a parent, you don't know how to deal with trying to help your child through that trauma. And then also the therapy really continues when you go home. So it's not just when they're at Bethesda, do they have therapy, their, their caregiver can help them further that therapy while they're at home. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people don't want to talk about it. And our Stop, Go, and Tell program, that was, we, that program was birthed in 2004, and it was, it's used, um, the, we use 
because Oklahoma can be, you know, sensitive, we don't use words like abuse. We do not use anatomically correct words. We do use the words private parts. We talk about private parts and we talk about public parts and what the differences are and, you know, things of that. And then the exception to the rule is if somebody's trying to keep you healthy, safe, and clean. So like a doctor or something, you know, because that question comes up. We use a swimsuit as an example of covering up your private parts and everything else is public. And so we've really been able to get into a lot of the schools. We're in 100% of more um, Norman public schools, excuse me. <coughs> and then um, I think we're almost in all of the Moore School District as well. And then we have, you know, a program where just one agency so we have a program where we can train the trainers, and I think that's about to kick off in, um, in Enid. So that's really helpful when other community members recognize our program and recognize the importance of it. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. So this program is being put in place in elementary schools, is that right? So what's the age group focus that you're trying? What's the ideal age to be teaching these boundaries and these concepts to children? pre-k through sixth grade and we don't you know we don't just hit one class in each you know so if, for example if we're in the norman public schools we'll start in pre-k and then they're going to see us again in kindergarten and then they're going to see us again in first grade second grade third grade fourth grade fifth grade sixth grade Good. so repetition okay. is key yeah and you know we have stories of you know a student who on their third time of seeing the presentation was able to disclose their abuse and then get the help that they need and you know all of that so repetition is key repetition is key with any child I mean multiplication facts anything so reminding them and and enforcing it and reinforcing it each year is really our ideal situation mm -hmm. That I love what you're saying about the repetition, because even in marketing, that, that number of times you see it over and over and over again, sometimes it takes people, it, now the new statistics is saying up to, uh, up to 15 times to see or hear a message before someone finally engages with it. So I love that right. you're repeating that throughout every grade. Um, is there education going home with these kids who receive the education for their parents? There is, there is a flyer. We have a stop, go, tell flyer that can, that goes home with them. Um, mm -hmm. We also have that flyer available in Spanish so that if, you know, we we're in a, we're in different areas that have, you know, a large Spanish speaking community, um, their parents can still receive the same information. Yeah. And then I while mean, we're at the school, we train, you know, we give training and education to counselors and teachers of what to do if a child does disclose and okay. what the process is for that and you know to making sure that it's recorded and then you know if they are seeking therapy options that Bethesda is there it's we have no barrier to entry other than it has to be recorded we don't charge for our services we don't um so there really is no barrier anybody can come to Bethesda so tell our listeners how how we can help identify um, a child or a person in our life that may have undergone abuse and how do we report that? I think there's a lack of education among the general public of, of maybe we see something, we feel weird about something, but we just really don't know how to take that action or what the next step is or what authority um, may become involved in that process. 
if it's a child that you suspect, you know, um, or if a child just comes to you and discloses, you know, you don't, you don't ask further questions, really, you don't want to get them to reporting, you know, following up on reporting the, you know, you want to listen, you want to let them know that um, you hear them and don't make any promises of, you know, I'm not going to tell anyone or, you know, you're, it's not a secret situation. So we want to make mm -hmm. sure that that's there. And then if it's a, if it's a student and, um, you know, there's a lot of mandatory reporters. So the first call would be to DHS to begin the investigation. All right. So DHS, is there a, is there a, a comment, a 1-800 number or something that, um, that we can reach out to for that? Or do we just call our own local DHS office? There is a DHS hotline um, number and I'm trying to, I don't know it offhand, but there is a, uh, a hotline number. It's 1-800-522-3511. Uh, and that um, will take you directly to, to reporting it with DHS. Perfect. So what is one of your, um, what's one of your favorite stories of healing or transformation that you've seen happen through Bethesda? There's so many of them, right? I know. Um, <laughs> I can only imagine because, the joy. Because at the end of the day, when you say we're an agency that, um, you know, repairs the trauma of childhood sexual abuse through therapy, education, and prevention, that's, it sounds really sad, right? And I mean, it right. is, it's, it's horrible. It's that people have, we have to have a place like this, mm -hmm. um, but it's very much necessary. And then at the end of the day, at the end of a, of a child's therapy, when you can see them move past it, you, mm -hmm. it's like a happy ending, you know, yeah. I'm going to borrow some words from our clinical director. It's, we do this because we get to see the happy ending every time. We know how the story is going to end. We know that through your therapy, we're going to get you past all of this. And that at the end of the day, you're going to be able to live your life healthy and learn better coping mechanisms and how to react to certain things. And so at the end of the day, we, we know the ending and it's all happy endings, you know, and it's, it's not just for the child, but it's for the family. I mean, it's so wholly orientated that you know a, a, a typical client can be in therapy anywhere from six to 12 months with Bethesda so there's really no time limit you know um, each client is treated individually their therapeutic process is a little bit different because again it's not cookie cutter um, so we just our therapists are again so focused and so trained in treating the trauma of childhood sexual abuse that that's all they do and again, it may differ a little bit from client to client, but it's all the same. And at the end of the day, there's happy stories mm -hmm. and people get to move on and live happy, healthy lives. And we have past clients that come and participate in our summer camp program. So when, you know, you have a, an adult standing in front of you as a whole human married, has children, is, you know, living a good life, then it just demonstrates to those children going through it at the time that, oh, maybe, maybe we can be okay too. And that's a borrowed phrase from 
one of our our past clients our testimonial videos on our website are very powerful as well yes i had the privilege of attending the 40th anniversary uh, banquet for Bethesda's um, anniversary and got to hear the testimony of, I would say a young woman, but she's now married with children mm -hmm. and, and even her parents were present and, and to hear their story of trauma that happened to her and not just the trauma that she experienced, but the trauma that her father experienced by the guilt that he carried for maybe he wasn't sure how to believe or wasn't sure what had happened and the way that Bethesda helped them, not only her, but her folks, her parents, her family navigate through that. Now she has a beautiful, healthy marriage, a healthy relationship with, with men and women and with her children and is affecting mm -hmm. the lives of those kids there it just it makes it all worth it you can see that absolutely it's, it's not a sad thing it's sad that there's, that there's a need for this but um hopefully because of Bethesda's mission uh we require less you know uh programs like the domestic violence and you know recovery from those things because we've taken care of it when they're young and we've prevented right. it that's that before that I love that that that's happening yeah. here well, and it's, you know, it's also too, I mean, I felt compelled to join the board and help in whatever way we can, because I have, you know, my own experience. I'm myself, I'm a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. And I said earlier, I'm from Chicago. So when all of our stuff kind of came to a head and to an end, we didn't, there wasn't, there wasn't agencies like this, you know, mm -hmm. it was, you kind of mm -hmm. went to a therapist and maybe they had dealt with someone that had experienced childhood sexual abuse and maybe they hadn't before. And so when I learned about Bethesda through Leadership Norman, you know, I felt at first I would I didn't want to participate because I felt like I was going to have to deal with some of my own demons. <laughs> and that part of that is true. But mm -hmm. through the process and you know, because unfortunately I know exactly how the majority of those children feel walking through the door, you know. Mm -hmm. Um having to repair relationships with your family and we did all of that on our own and we're all good now but it sure would have been helpful I think to have an agency such as this and then I think back to our education program and I think man if I was my eight nine year old self and someone came in and told me that these things are wrong then maybe I would have found my voice a lot sooner and things could have ended a lot quicker so the whole mission has my whole heart and, uh, you know, I firmly believe in doing things that fulfill your heart and that make you whole again. And, you know, Bethesda has done that for me as well. Absolutely. I, um, I also identify with that mission. I am unfortunately one of the one in four. And have there been a program in my elementary school that told me what was right, what was wrong, what was expected, what was normal? Maybe I too could have have told someone sooner or, or have, have healed. So I appreciate the mission that, that you are helping Bethesda carry out. Um, it's important uh, and it's necessary, sadly, but those healings um, are so worth it. The stories are incredible. So absolutely, woo, let's recover from those <laughs> yeah. tears. <laughs> so yeah. tell me what, and we'll wrap up here pretty quick, but I want to know something about Candace. What is kind of the story that your family may share, something that, that just encompasses who you are, something funny, maybe something impactful? Do you have a story that, that tends to get told over and over about Candace? I feel like maybe it um, happened in Chicago. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> More stuff happens um, there than here. 
Yeah, I don't. Maybe your military. What's your favorite story from the military? Um, again, there's so many. I think my favorite military experience was when I got to do a POW MIA recovery mission. So um, JPAC is Joint POW and MIA Accounting Command, and they have um, committed to bringing home all of our um, POWs and MIAs from our, our past conflicts. So I got wow. to go over to Vietnam, and we were on a mountainside. Uh, our excavation site was on the top of a mountain. <laughs> and so um, uh, I think that was my most impactful uh, military experience. There's so many stories. Um, I think something that, you know, I'm a redhead. So my temper, <laughs> you know, my mom's real surprised how, how my temper has calmed down quite a bit. Um, <laughs> and I think, uh, frankly, you know, I just, I think I tend to be underestimated a lot. And so, you know, it's never necessarily my mission to go prove somebody wrong, but I think I think I tend to surprise a lot of people on occasion, so. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, I just, I don't, I'd have a hard time picking out one story per se. I love that. Uh, wow, that POW, that's the first time I've heard that. That's an incredible mission to have been a part of. It you is. brought someone home from Vietnam. So my mission, we did bring home remains, but they weren't directly mm -hmm. from my mission. But my specific dig um, was for two people, um, an aircraft crashed into the side of a mountain and uh, we had a Viet, someone in Vietnam said that they um, were familiar with the crash and that they had buried the two airmen, the two people that were in the aircraft at this site. So we go to that site and it's an archeological dig and they set up a grid and we, get buckets of dirt and sift it through a, a screen and then anything that's on top gets inspected and I was there because um, I'm a life support technician so we look for parachute material oxygen hose oxygen mask anything that a air crewman pilot would wear in while flying an aircraft and then in the in the chance that they have to emergency egress from the aircraft so we did wow. find some uh, oxygen mask material. And so that site stayed open because that was an indicator that potentially they were still there. I wear a bracelet on my wrist um, that has two people's names on it. And I do know that I don't know, know that it was directly from our time there, but one of our one of our people was brought home and returned to their family. So wow. Wow. in a little way, yeah, well, we probably had a part of that on that one. That's incredible. So I think what our listeners are hearing is that when anyone is involved with Candace Cunningham, no one's left behind, whether it be no. U.S. military service, whether it be a survivor of sexual childhood abuse, or whether it be someone who needs insurance needs, uh, no one's getting left behind because of you. And we appreciate that. You're making such a huge difference in your community. Um, and we at Queens Lead feel like that it is time for the women of our communities to stand up and have the light shined on them for being creators and influencers and doers of this world. And we are so glad that you're doing the things you're doing. And we wish you all the best of luck in all of those avenues. Tell our listeners where they can find you for their insurance needs. 
Well, you can call or text at 405-582-2209. It's Candace Cunningham, Shelter Insurance. My office is located in Midwest City, Oklahoma, on Air Depot, right outside the front gate, essentially, of Tinker Air Force Base. But I'm mobile. I go anywhere. I'm licensed in Illinois, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Indiana. So if you have any needs in those areas, I can assist. And then um, my Facebook page is Candace on Cunningham Shelter Insurance. And like I said, call or text, shoot an email, send smoke signals. I'll get back to you. All right. You heard it right here, guys. If you need someone who can actually take a consultative approach, put you in insurance products that will work for you and make you whole again, reach out to Candace Cunningham on Facebook or her phone number there. She said you can text or call. And how do we find uh, Bethesda? How do we find resources if we want to help put Bethesda in our school district or our school system, or we have an unfortunate need for that counseling of a child or their non-offending caregiver? How do we connect with Bethesda? So you can go to BethesdaOK.org and all of our information is there. Contact information is there. Um, information is there. And a donation site is also there. And then follow us on Facebook. There's a lot of things that get posted there. And if you have any questions, you can call me directly and I'll get you set in the right direction. Awesome. So head over to BethesdaOK.org and make a $5 a month, a month pledge, guys. This is so important. I'm a survivor. Candace is a survivor. That's 100% of the women in this room right now have been affected <laughs> right. by uh, trauma. And it's time to heal that. And if we can't afford five bucks a month to support that, I don't know what we can't afford. If you or someone you know needs to, man, uh, needs to report uh, suspicion of abuse, please call 1-800-522-3511 uh, and reach out to your local DHS office. It's time to put a stop uh, and make a difference in this area. So we'd like to thank Candace Cunningham for being here on Queen's Lead. She is obviously a queen. She is obviously leading and making a huge impact in her community and no one is being left behind when it comes to dealings with Candace. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being our very first podcast guest. We appreciate your time and um, are so inspired by what you're doing. Thank you so much, Candace. Well, thank you for having me, Amy, and thank you for being a queen's lead yourself.